When you think about Greek life, Christian faith might be the absolute last thing that comes to mind. But we not only believe that it's possible to be Greek and Christian, but also that it's the best way to experience Greek life and grow your faith. We have real, honest conversations about how to approach Greek life from a Christian perspective, including things like recruiting and pledging, drinking and drugs, sex and dating, leadership and philanthropy, and much more. This podcast is by Greeks and for Greeks. Our hosts and guests are all members of fraternities and sororities who collectively have decades worth of experience living out their faith in Greek life. Welcome to the Greek and Christian Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. We are here for another episode of the Greek and Christian Podcast. Uh, This is Allison, your host. Uh, If you're just joining us or you haven't listened to the podcast ever before, uh, I am a PiFi alum. Uh, I keep forgetting to drop my affiliation uh, in this season, but you know, I need to show more PiFi pride when we uh, record the podcast. So there you have it. Um, and anyway, this week I'm flying solo, no co-host with me, um, but that just means we have more space for more conversation with our amazing guest. Uh, but first I got to bring us up to speed a little bit. So we are in the middle of a season, a new season, all about leadership. Um, and I think for many of you, you might've joined Greek life. That might be one of the reasons why you joined Greek life is because you either see yourself as a leader or you're uh, attracted to leadership. Um, and I think Greeks really understand some of the really secret sauce of leadership, but what about spiritual leadership? That's the question we're asking this season. What does it look like for you to be a spiritual leader in your chapter? Maybe you're interested in starting a Bible study or you're already leading one or taking one over, um, or maybe God is just starting to stir up this urge in you to connect your faith with your Greek leadership. So this season, each episode is spotlighting a different issue or challenge to our spiritual leadership. So we've talked about success and failure. We've talked about qualifications or feeling disqualified. We've talked about reputation and rejection. And this week, we are going to be talking about busyness. So Greeks are chronically overcommitted, I think. I know when I was in college, I was chronically overcommitted. It was easy for me to say yes uh, to everything and then immediately regret it. (laughs) Maybe some of you do say yes to everything and then you flake out. Um, You know that that's an issue, but you don't know how to change it. So we're going to be talking about busyness today. How do you manage your time better? Um, And how do you really make your yeses count um, and your noes count? And so our guest this week has a lot of wisdom in this area. I actually remember reading a blog of hers when I was a student in college all about busyness and overcommitment. So I'm going to introduce her right now. This week we have Lauren. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Allison. I'm happy to be here. Yay. And we had a different Lauren. We had Lauren Zuman, and this is Lauren Mann. And so Lauren Mann, I'm going to, you know, Kind of build you up a little bit, Lauren. That's what I like to do with all my guests on the podcast. Uh, Lauren is a Chi Omega alum, and she went to school at the University of Illinois. How do you think they're going to do at March Madness this year? They were, you know, they were really good last year, but then, you know, kind of lost it. You know, Allison, I I am a proud alumnus of um, University of Illinois, but I don't really die hard for the sports because oh, okay. I feel like it just sets you up for disappointment. 
That's you know? very true. <laughs> no, that's so true. I remember when Western Michigan would like make it and they've made it to like the championship or the, you know, the bracket, whatever, uh, yeah. a couple years ago. And I remember like, okay, I'm going to put them through, you know, I put them through mm-hmm. the sweet 16 and then they lose in round one. So you're right. It just sets you up for disappointment. You know, it's like have low expectations and then you can be <laughs> pleasantly surprised. No? That's right. That's right. That, I think that's a good philosophy. Uh, well, anyway, Lauren is a proud alumna of the University of Illinois. Uh, she currently lives in Raleigh, North Carolina with her family, and she is on staff at Church of the Apostles. Uh, and at Church of the Apostles, she's the director of Next Generation Ministries, which is the ministry for kids, youth, and young adults. Um, and she's also currently in seminary. So she's pursuing a master's degree at Gordon-Conwell Seminary. Uh, so she is in the thick of it right now. Still keeping busy, Allison. I'm not sure I'm the expert, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would imagine that you've learned a thing or two about how to thrive even in the midst of being busy. So. <laughs> yes, let's hope so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Awesome. Well, Lauren, uh, we've been asking our guests kind of a fun question to help us get to know you and uh, a little bit about your uh, experience being Greek in college. So every Greek system has traditions, Greek week, homecoming, bid day, step shows, etc. What was your favorite tradition or event while you were a Chi Omega at the University of Illinois? Mm. There are so many to choose from, but what I think about is recruitment. Recruitment was one of my favorite times of the year. It's an exhausting time, but at at my on my campus, um, we went to we came to school a week early because we conducted recruitment those first few weeks of school, and so I always enjoyed coming to campus a week early, and it was like the best time because you didn't have class. You know, you got to be on campus with your friends without having classes to occupy your time. So it was just a great time to get together, you know, to be together and with my story sisters. And it was hot and a little stressful and sometimes crazy, but I loved it because I, I love people, you know, I love the time I had with the women in my story and just like bonding together over a unified purpose, you know, that we, whether it was practicing the skits and the songs or, you know, some of those silly things or, thinking about how each round would go, but I just have such great memories, you know, of dancing, laughing, sweating together. And then I always enjoyed meeting new people through recruitment and making connections and just seeing like, who who's going to be in the next pledge class for our sorority for the next number of years. I just found it to be such an exciting and fun time. Oh, that's great. Um, I was also one of those people who loved recruitment. I feel like there's not really an in-between. It's either people love recruitment or they hate recruitment. (laughs) I was also Mm -hmm. one of those people who loved recruitment. So for our friends out there who hate recruitment, it's okay. No shame. Yep, no shame. Um, Well, Lauren, I want to hear a little bit about your leadership experience. Um, How did leadership play a role in your Chi Omega, your sorority experience? Mm. Yeah, so I really resonated even just in that intro of what you were talking about for this podcast. You know, a truth I've found about myself is that I feel most comfortable in the leadership seat. I know there are some good and some not so good things about that, but it's just true. It's true about me. 
Um, and I realize that's not necessarily true about everyone, but there, there are a lot of leaders within the Greek system. And leadership in my sorority began at the very beginning. I think it was at my very first pledge class meeting. Um, as I said earlier, I love meeting people. I love people. And I remember I was mixing and mingling with, I had a pretty large pledge class. So there were 51 other women in my pledge class. Wow. And, you know, I was just getting to know them, finding out where they're from, learning their names and a little bit about them. And I believe it was at that first pledge meeting that we elected a pledge class president. And you may yes. have guessed it, but I was chosen to fulfill <laughs> that role. And I loved it. You know, I loved having a purpose and a position to lead and serve my pledge class. And then um, a little bit more than a year later, in the winter of my sophomore year, I was elected president of my sorority, which I served in that position for a year. Um, and then in the fall of my junior year, I felt led to start a Bible study in my sorority, which ended up one of being, being one of the greatest joys of my college years. And that was not an official leadership role within my sorority, but I did serve simultaneously as the sorority president and Bible study leader. Nice. I love that. I, I resonate with that. I like how you unapolog unapologetically <laughs> just say, I find myself in the leadership seat or I, I choose that. That's where I am comfortable and I like to be. Because I think sometimes I think I'm going to go there, especially for women. We feel like, mm -hmm. oh, it's wrong for me to want to strive for that. Or you feel kind of this, I don't know, maybe like shame or like, oh, I should be more modest or whatever. And I actually, I actually really appreciate you saying like, no, that's just my personality. Like, yeah, there's mm -hmm. cons to that and downsides, but I like how you're unapologetic about that, of just embracing that that is who God made you to be. Mm -hmm. I think it is what you're saying of being in tune, in touch with what are our gifts, what are our mm -hmm. strengths, and you know all of our strengths and gifts they have a shadow side, and yeah. we do need to be aware of those, um, but not to be apologetic about the way that God made you and gifted you, and where you experience joy. You know, it's mm -hmm. like where your greatest strengths also intersect with the the greatest needs of the world, and our yeah. world needs leaders you know, and the Greek system needs leaders. So it, it can be a service and not just a self-fulfilling, you know, egotistical thing. Yes, absolutely. That's good. Well, I'm hearing you share the things that you were part of. And I know there's even more things that you're committed to. Actually, one of my favorite things about Lauren, I didn't say this in the <laughs> intro, and maybe she would have told me like, Elsa, don't say that about me. But Lauren is a very gifted fitness instructor. Did you know I was going to say that? Mm. No, I didn't know, but that's okay. So she's a really gifted fitness instructor. <laughs> and one of the funny things, this is how Lauren blessed me during COVID, is Lauren and a bunch of other fitness instructors from gyms in Raleigh, they just started doing these Zoom classes and offering them um, to whoever. And so she let me know about it. And I did these Zoom workout classes with Lauren and other instructors that I had never met ever throughout um the like first year of COVID and Lauren I still do some of your workout oh. videos <laughs> I did like your one of your classes a week ago so anyway I think were you also like working as a fitness instructor in college on top of all these other leadership uh commitments so I did for a little while but that is an area where I felt the pinch oh interesting I 
I did I did start as a so as a job, but I mean I wasn't doing it as a job for the money. It was because I enjoyed doing it, and I had taken classes and was like, I think I can lead these here again. See this theme. <laughs> so I did, and then I became president of my sorority, and we had our events primarily on Thursday nights, and so oh. I was you know personally responsible for our we called them exchanges, but you know. Mm-hmm mixers parties whatever until late on thursday nights and then this campus recreation center wanted to have trainings at like 7 a.m on friday mornings for group fitness instructors and i was like you know what this is just not you know it just doesn't line up with my life right now and i feel really called to be this leader of my sorority and so i i stepped away and just always thought that's something i think i'll get back into you know Mm -hmm. another point in my life but it was clear that something had to go and Mm -hmm. that was the, that was, it felt really clear that that was what I was supposed to do. Wow. Well, we're already getting into like kind of the ways that you worked through overcommitment or busyness, but so Mm. we'll put a pin in that because I'm sure we'll revisit that in a little (laughs) bit. Uh, But like I said, Greeks are kind of chronically overcommitted in a lot of ways. We're notoriously high achievers And it's not a surprise that one of the cliche sayings we hear in Greek life all the time is work hard, play hard. And so how did this mentality play a role in your time in college? Mm, That is such a common phrase, isn't it? That we say, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've heard it with Greeks across different campuses, but I would also say, I think it was the mentality of the majority of students at my university. And I didn't realize it there when I was there because it was in the culture. You know, sometimes you don't even recognize the culture that you're in because you're submersed in it. You know, kind of like how fish don't even know they're swimming in water because it's all they've ever known. That was kind of the work hard, play hard kind of culture on my campus. Um, So I just did what I saw many people around me doing. You know, I got really deeply involved in many activities activities on top of my full academic load. Um, As I mentioned, you know, I was deeply involved in the life of my sorority from day one, (laughs) but I also got connected with a Christian fellowship on my campus that my sister had been involved in, and that was actually not Greek IV, Um, and they did not understand how you could be Greek and Christian. I was kind of an anomaly in that ministry, but I went to a weekly Bible study with them and their weekly worship gathering. And then when I found Greek Ivy, I went to their weekly gathering. Um, and I was also in a business fraternity that met a few times a week. I, you know, I had a lot of interest. And I was also conscious of building my resume. Yeah. I'm sure people, you know, feel that press. Um, but I remember it was like during my junior or sophomore year when my load was the fullest, I thought, you know, I could still use a resume boost. So I applied for another student program at my school that was, you know, fairly prestigious and represented the school to prospective students giving tours. And, you know, it was just, that's just what it was. Um, And one of the portions of the application was to articulate your extracurricular involvement. You know, I Mm -hmm. thought this was going to be a slam dunk for me because I was so involved and it's like, oh, I'm so appealing, you know, to, to them as a candidate. And that you had to write down each activity and how many hours a week you spent investing in that activity. So, you know, I'm listing these things, kind of make a sorority. I was probably like 15 hours a week, 
because I think I was president at that time, and you know, all of the things I was going through. And to my surprise, I didn't even make it to the interview round for this campus organization. And it dawned on me that they probably took one look at my list of current commitments and thought, you know, what I thought was going to seal the deal for me, you know, it's going to be a big seller selling point. They saw it as I didn't have any time to invest in another campus organization, you know, not to mention the 15 credit hours of school I was taking or spending time with family or friends or, you know, this great guy I was dating, you know, that, that moment provided a pretty significant aha for me um, that more isn't always better. Wow. That must have been fat. Like, I love that. That was the aha moment for you where more Mm -hmm. is not always better. Um, So it sounds like that was maybe your moment where you realized like, am I too busy? Am I overly busy? And so Mm -hmm. how did God meet you in that when you had that moment where you didn't get this campus organization Mm -hmm. interview even, and you're like, (laughs) maybe more is not better. How did God meet you in the middle of that? Mm. It's a good question. That was definitely one of those, you know, aha moments um, because, you know, I'm pretty organized and a high capacity person. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I can handle a lot, but I think everybody knows that feeling of that overly busy, uncomfortable position, you know, and you can sustain that for like a really short amount of time. Like you have a big exam or, you know, but when it's ongoing, it doesn't feel very good. So I think another poignant moment for me was more of on a relational side that I was dating, you know, a great guy at that time. And he, he was expressing feeling overlooked and neglected because I had dedicated a night of the week to every activity in my life, but I didn't have regular time dedicated to spend with him. Mm. And I, I like, I didn't even see it, you know, and that was really convicting because he was right. You know, I valued him and our relationship, but my time didn't show that. You know, I was giving him what I had left over after spending all my energy elsewhere. And what does that communicate to someone? You know, not exactly the message I wanted to give. Um, I can think of another moment when I felt the pinch of my overly full schedule. You know, it was when a dear friend in my sorority wanted to talk with me about God or vulnerably share about what was going on in her life. And, you know, I absolutely wanted to have those conversations. As I said before, you know, leading a Bible study and being a spiritual shepherd in my sorority was one of the absolute, like, highlights of my my years in college. But at the same time, I felt conflict because I had I needed to study for a big exam or I had to run off to a meeting. And because I was overly busy, I was, you know, tightly planning all the hours of my day. And that doesn't leave a lot of room for spontaneity. Or for someone, you know, just to have those those conversations that we all want to have. Um, but I I can share one more story of like yeah. I remember distinctly God met me in one of those moments where I had blocked off an evening to study for a big finance exam. I was a business major, and one of my sorority sisters came into my room and wanted to talk. You know, wanted to have one of these deeper conversations. And I remember consciously deciding that I would spend as much time with her as she needed and prayed that God would multiply my study time somehow. You know, and I don't remember how long I was talking with that friend or how much time I had left to study. I I don't remember. But what I do remember is that I didn't feel like I had enough time. 
but I can still distinctly remember sitting in that classroom, taking that exam, and somehow knowing the answers to the questions. And I didn't know how I knew the answers. It was one of those really profound Holy Spirit moments. Um, and I know it sounds a little bit crazy, but I distinctly remember feeling like God was helping me as I took that exam because he was faithfully providing for me. And I feel like because I was obedient in caring about people over, you know, whatever my tasks were or, you know, putting others before myself. Mm -hmm. That That's a neat story. I think um, of the ways that when we trust God, whether it's with our time, you know, or any other thing in our life, but I think of time, we trust God with our time. You know, do we trust that he's going to meet us, that he's going to be faithful and give us what we need in that? I mean, it makes me think of a little bit like the the miracle, the various feeding miracles mm-hmm. that Jesus mm-hmm. did of, you know, the, there was just this offering of a small amount of fish, a small amount mm-hmm. of bread. And Jesus took that and he not only fed everybody, but he gave them more than enough. And, you know, do we trust that God will do that for us too? And we offer even just a small smidgen of our time um or a free moment in our schedule or even when we're not free and we're like all right lord like this is pressing and i sense that you're inviting me to give you the spot of time that i had dedicated to something else you know do we believe that he will be faithful to that and care for us i think that's so good i can i can remember that too of you know feeling like i really need to study i gotta study i gotta do all this stuff but consciously choosing to spend time with God, you know, reading the Bible or journaling or praying because I was anxious actually. And saying, I'm consciously going to choose. This doesn't seem like the best use of my time. You know, like you should, you should study, but I can distinctly remember a time of choosing consciously choosing to spend time with God. And it was, I was more settled and peaceful. And I honestly think my studying was more fruitful, even if I had Mm -hmm. less time because I was putting first things first and recognizing, you know, God created us. He knows all things. And are we, are we foolish to think we can spend more time studying? (laughs) That's going to be a better use of our time than communing with the living God who wants to care for us and Mm -hmm. knows what we need before we even ask him. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back into the podcast, um, we're going to talk a little bit more like practically, you know, how about time management, how you learned how to manage your time um, in your full schedule. So we'll be right back. starting to share, you know, about how it sounded like you were starting to turn your time over to God. You were turning your schedule over to God. And even, you know, one thing that resonated with me, um, you were talking about your boyfriend in college and how he had, you had said like, man, I was just giving him the leftovers. Like Mm. I wasn't giving him, you know, 
even a day of my time. It was the leftovers. And I think we can do that with God too, where we just, Mm. you know, we plan out our whole schedule. And then if anything is left over, it goes to God. And what does that say about our our relationship with God? Um, And I think that struck me as well. Mm, That's so good. Yeah. So it sounds like you're starting to learn how to manage your time better. So Mm. how did you learn how to do that? And how did you make the necessary changes uh, to maybe thrive, even if you were busy, or to take out unnecessary busyness in your mm-hmm. life? Mm-hmm. You know, Allison, I think I don't think it's just a matter of better time management. You know, I think we think that, right? Of like, oh, if I could just be more efficient with my time, I could do more things. But you know, the truth be told, I can still fall into this pattern in my life now you know, years later between family and work and extracurricular activities and responsibilities. So I don't think it's just a, a issue for the four or five, however many years of college, you know? So a key question that's, that's helped me, which I need to continually ask myself is what are my top priorities right now? And does how I spend my time and energy accurately reflect those priorities? And I think this is what you were just getting at, Allison, of like, is our relationship with God a priority or not? And if it is, how does our time reflect that? You know, it's a relationship, just like a relationship you have with a, a dear friend or in a romantic relationship or family. You know, you want to you wanna think of how your time is accurately reflecting the things you most care about. And it's not just about time, but like we were just talking about, about energy and attention, you know, like what you have left over, you could give somebody an hour of time, but is it quality time or are you like half asleep, you know? Um, so the other thing I really found is that regular self-reflection is so important. And a great practice um, that I like is called examine. You may or may not be familiar, the, the listeners, uh, but where you look back over your day or maybe over your week and you think about the times when you felt close to God and others. And then also asking yourself, what were the times when you felt distant from God and others? You know, where were the points where you kind of maybe missed it? You missed an opportunity, you missed a person, or maybe there was an invitation that God was leading you to, but you were too busy to notice. But as a regular practice, it's a great method for God to use to raise our awareness to perhaps where he would like to direct us or redirect our time and energy. Finally, I'll share one practical thing um, is to pre-decide going into certain situations that I would not volunteer to lead, right? Because I already told you that I feel most comfortable in the leadership seat, whether that's in a group fitness class or in my sorority or whatever it might be. But sometimes it's not my role to actually lead. And so I have to make a conscious decision so I can share one specific story that I remember at the end of my term as sorority president, I was being recruited to be the Pan-Hellenic president, you know, so the president of the, all of the Pan-Hellenic Council. And I was, of course, shocker, drawn to the responsibility and the potential position to influence all of Pan-Hellenic life, right? I mean, that's a cool opportunity. But I also knew that I should not take on that position in addition to the other leadership roles God had called me to. I even received a phone call from the outgoing Panhellenic president asking that I would strongly consider running for this position. 
And, you know, I talked it over with a few close friends and they helped me realize that I absolutely should not take on this responsibility. So I had to go to the voting session because it was a voting among current uh, sorority presidents. And you had to be, have been a sorority president to be the Panhellenic president. So there's only a small kind of group of people that you can pull from. And I went into that meeting literally with a rubber band around my hands, like <laughs> rubber around my two hands together, kind of like in like a prayer hand, but it wasn't about prayer, but <laughs> to keep my hands down. And it was a reminder that I could not raise my hand or volunteer to be considered for the Panhellenic president. And I can still remember sitting in that room, how I felt. And when it came time to vote, I was even asked multiple times, like, are you sure? Lauren, you know, do you want to put your name on the ballot? Literally. And thanks to pre-deciding before I went into that meeting, I stayed true to my commitment. And here's the thing. Someone else filled that role and did a wonderful job, right? So here's the, this is the shadow side of that gift of leadership is sometimes people who are wired like me, we can sometimes think too highly of ourselves. You know, we think that we need to step in and lead. And the truth is that there are other capable people out there who can do the job. And sometimes God wants them to play that part and not us. But if we jump in too fast, we can rob others of the opportunity God wants to give them. Oh. Lauren, okay, our stories are so eerily similar. <laughs> um, yeah, one, that's a powerful concept to think about of we could be robbing somebody else by saying yes to something that is really not God's desire for us. Um, and kind of foolishly or egotistically thinking that we have to be in that role because nobody else can do it better. And I'm saying that so strongly because I do that. Like, mm -hmm. I know that I can slip into that shadow side of leadership where nobody else could do this better but me. And that's just simply not true. But the thing that is eerily similar, so I'm going to sum up what you said, because I think you offered like three really practical things, right? The first one, know what your priorities are and, mm -hmm. you know, being able to form or make decisions based on those priorities with your time, with your schedule has been huge for me. Second, that self-reflection. So that, uh, it's called the prayer of examine is so good. And we'll just put those questions in the show notes and maybe we'll make a blog um, that goes along with this episode. But that has been huge for me. One mm -hmm. of just kind of sensing what is God's will for my life. When I have that, use that tool of self-reflection and prayer every day, I begin to see patterns of, you know, where God's leading is at in my life. Um, and that is a, been a huge thing for me in discerning how to spend my time and then finally, this last piece of pre-deciding, you know, before you go into a situation, you know, that you're going to say no to it. But the eerily similar thing, Lauren, is that mm -hmm. when I was in college, you know, so very similar to you. I mean, I filled leadership roles immediately in PiFi, um, and then I also was leading a Bible study in PiFi. Um, and there was one year where I served as, you know, VP of recruitment for PiFi new member educator. And then the following year, I was a row gamma for recruitment. Mm -hmm. um, so recruitment counselor, and I was being tapped for VP of recruitment for Panhellenic. 
And I was like, oh, that'd be so amazing. But I felt this tension of God is calling me to lead a Bible study in my sorority. And that Mm -hmm. is my priority. And I knew from being VP of recruitment, new member educator, and then trying to lead the Bible study, I could not do all of that. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe some people could, and that's what God is calling you to, but I could not. And I knew that if I had said yes and pursued VP of recruitment for Panhellenic, that I would not be able to prioritize that Bible study, which was truly the number one priority for me and what God was calling me to as my number one priority in my time in PiFi. And so I also had that, you know, made that predecision of no, I'm going to say no to it. Um, and I look back, I'm like, oh, that could have been so fun to be on Panhellenic. But, you know, I don't regret it at all, Mm -hmm. because I know it would have taken away from what God was truly calling me into. Um, So, oh my gosh, like so many good elements (laughs) that you just shared um, in that. And I'm really struck. I think that's going to be so helpful uh, for our audience. So like I said, we'll put together some helpful show notes uh, for you all out there to reflect further on this. Uh, well, finally, Lauren, and you've already been doing a lot of this, but is there any advice or encouragement that you have for our audience as they struggle with overcommitment and busyness? Mm. Well, I love, I always love stories, you know, Allison. So like where, where our stories intersect, I think it's powerful. And I think I'll just underscore what, what we both just said. And, and even this, this phrase of we need to be aware of our current assignments that God is asking us to have at this time. Um, you know, that, that's that been a helpful phrase for me of when I wanna pick up <laughs> pick up opportunities or I see something and it's like, oop, I'll just scoop that up, that responsibility or that leadership role or whatever. But instead taking time to reflect and consider, is God actually asking me to pick that up as a current assignment or is that just my flesh? You know, like my, my I don't know, just myself who's trying to say, well, I think that would be, that could be fun or, you know, somebody needs to do it. So I, why not me? So that's where I think the self-reflection tool is key and praying and asking God, what, what does he want for us? Because we, if we truly believe that what God wants for us is absolutely our best, it's the best place to be. You know, even what I hear you say, Allison, and what is true of my experience too it was not this like ball and chain of like, oh, well, God asked me to leave this Bible study or, you know, I'm leading in Greek IV. And so I can't do all these other fun things. Absolutely not. It was like here, God is inviting us on an adventure that we get to be co-workers with God, have a front row seat at what he's doing. And I will tell you, nothing is better than that. So you are not missing out on something else you're being wise and discerning of you know what is God asking you to do what is your current assignment from him Um, and I'll just toss this out there as I've continued you know just to wrestle this is just in my my makeup you know of who I am Um, so something a phrase if you want to google it or do a little bit of work is over functioning and that might be a, a facet of your personality Um, or your natural bent. And it's basically the idea that you think you need to do more than you actually do. So I'll just also end with, you know, Jesus's invitation in Matthew 11, that he, he says, come to me, you know, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So like I was saying before, follow the path Jesus has for you. You know, learn from him, him who is gentle and humble in heart. We can drive ourselves much harder than God ever would or ever intends for us. And the truth is, the world will not fall apart if you slow down and dial back your commitments. Oh, Lauren, that's great. And as you were saying that, the audience can probably hear this, there's construction happening outside of my house. <laughs> <laughs> and just you reading like, oh, you will find rest in the present, like even in the midst of, you know, whatever is happening outside of my window. Mm-hmm. that God is inviting us uh, into rest where he is gentle. He is gentle with us. His leadership is good for us. Um, ah, Pastor Lauren coming in at the end for us. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, Lauren, thank you again uh, for making the time for this. This was a gift to me and I think a gift to our audience. Uh, and for you all listening, you know, if you're hearing this and it's really resonating with you and you want to connect with us more, uh, you just simply go to our website, greekiv.org, fill out the contact card, and we will get in touch with you and help you get connected. And, you know, make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any of the episodes we have coming out uh, in the future. So we've got some good ones coming up. For example, we've got an episode coming up on what happens when chaos strikes, when crisis happens in your fraternity story. You have a death of a brother or sister, or there's some kind of PI night. PR, PI, oh my gosh, PR nightmare on your campus or some kind of tragedy um, or you're being threatened of being shut down. How do you lead through situations situations of crisis? So you don't want to miss out, but we will see you next week with another episode. The Greek and Christian Podcast is produced by Greek InterVarsity, a nonprofit college ministry for fraternity and sorority students. Our ultimate vision is to see every fraternity and sorority connected to a community of Greek Christians so that every Greek is just one friend away from knowing and following Jesus. To learn more, find a community on campus, or partner with us, visit greek.intervarsity.org.